Welcome to the Grace Capital City Podcast. We are a community of Jesus followers located in Washington, D.C., working to see God's kingdom come through worship, family, and justice. For more information about our church, go to gracecapitalcity.com. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoy this week's message. dive into our teaching. I'm not going to teach for a long time tonight, um, which I know is famous last words of preachers all around the world, but I'm making my promise because we need to get to the main show, which is kids dressed as angels, wise men, and shepherds and sheep, right? I mean, that's, that's what we're here for, right? So let's make this brief. <laughs> like Chris, okay, and you're done. Roll up. But I, I was praying about what, what, what to share at, at Christmas, and especially a Christmas like this, a Christmas at the end of a year like 2020. And I really felt Holy Spirit drop a question on my heart that I want to explore just for a couple of minutes. And the question is a really simple question, but I think it's relevant. I think it's relevant at any Christmas, but I think it might be especially relevant this Christmas. And the question is this, how do we carry a promise? How do we carry a promise? Because the, the truth is, in a lot of ways, this was a year full of a lot of promises, right? I don't, I don't know about you, I came into 2020 running hot. Like, I was ready to go. This was a year of big vision, big dreams, big promises, things I felt like God had spoken to me about. I, I was thinking back to our Christmas service last year. Who was at our Christmas service last year? You remember that? And we had the epic choir. Now, now we got Freddie and Mallory who are doing the work of the choir, right? <laughs> And doing it very well, mind you. But I remember at that Christmas service, so literally that morning of the Christmas service, I had been in Falls Church scoping out a Falls Church location for our second Grace Capital City location. And it was like, I'm like, this is amazing. This is a great venue. And we had our Christmas service, which was amazing. The next morning I left for Australia. And I'm telling you guys, I, I had so much vision while I was in Australia vacationing for a couple of weeks, I could barely stand it. I was so excited about the year. And guys, I think that's been true for many of us. I think this is 2020, right? We were getting 2020 vision. This is like the ultimate branding opportunity for marketers. Like if you couldn't come up with a catchy slogan for 2020, then I don't know what to do. We can't help you, right? People had big dreams, big promises, big ambitions, things we felt like God had spoken to us. And yet, I think there is a sense by which we find ourselves, many of us, 18 days before the end of the year. Can you believe that? And many of us were looking around and we're like, what happened? <laughs> like, what just happened? I, I've... Um, I've heard this word thrown around a lot in conversations I've had that the, the, this idea of, of disorientation, that this has been a disorienting year for many people. And that it's caused people to, to ask questions like, what am I doing with my life? Am I where I'm supposed to be? Am I with the people I'm supposed to 
be with? Is what God has spoken to me, things I feel like God has shown me, are they true? There's this disorientation, right? People questioning their faith, questioning what we've been doing. I think this experience of, of a disorienting experience has been true for many of us. And yet, in the midst of that, in the midst of that, I think there's a sense by which we're still trying to steward things that God has spoken, right? And for many of us, it's, it's like, it feels just like a remnant. It feels like I'm, I'm literally just holding on to something I feel like God showed me for the year or for my life. And the year has been so different than I thought it was going to be. And so I'm just holding on to this, this, this remnant, this fracture of, of what is left. I think this is true for many of us. And guys, here's what I want to say about that for a minute discerning a promise is amazing, right? Hearing a promise, discerning a promise, it's step one, it's, it's a great thing. But you know what's even more important than discerning a promise is carrying a promise, stewarding a promise. What we do with what God has spoken is actually even more important sometimes than what God has spoken. <laughs> Because God gives it to us, He entrusts it with us, right? To steward, to hold, and then gives us the opportunity of how we want to live into that. How do we carry, how do we carry a promise? How do we steward what we believe God has given us and poured into our hearts? And so just really quickly, I want to explore just two examples in the Christmas story of people who carried a promise. And the first one, just really quickly, is, is Mary, right? And we see this. I, I love the way the Gospels talk about how Mary carried her promise. You get, you get a picture. This, this girl, most scholars say she was likely 15 or 16 years old. An angel comes to her, tells her that she is highly favored, so highly favored, in fact, that she's now going to have to explain to everyone how she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So that's how highly favored you are, Mary. <laughs> it's a great cover story, apparently. The most epic historical cover story for how you got pregnant. It was the work of the Holy Spirit, trust me. But, but the angel gives her a promise, right? She's stewarding this promise of who her son Jesus is destined to be. The role her son would carry. And, and I love it. There's two moments in the Gospels where you, you get this picture of Mary watching. And it's one time early in, straight after the birth of Jesus, she's watching the shepherds. She's watching the magi. She's watching the angels. She's taking it all in. And then there's another encounter when Jesus is a little older. And it says she's, she's just watching. And, and it says that all of these things she, she treasured in her heart. It's this beautiful picture of someone carrying a promise, stewarding a promise. I'm treasuring it in my heart. And I'm, I think we need to pray for the heart of Mary sometimes, don't we? That I would, I would see and observe and treasure in my heart what God is doing wherever it is. And then the second one is this guy named Simeon. And I don't know if you're familiar with the man Simeon, but Simeon is actually in the Gospel of Luke, a really important character. Luke chapter 2, let me read you a few verses about this guy Simeon. 
It says, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. This is chapter 2, verse 25. If you're at home, you want to read along. A man named Simeon. There was a man in Jerusalem, sorry, called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you're now, you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. I love that. Which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So this is this man, Simeon. Let me kind of set the scene for us a little bit here. This is eight days after the birth of Jesus. And what we have is Mary, new mother, Joseph, a new father with their newborn baby. And they're coming to Jerusalem. They're coming to the temple to do what needs to be done. This is the circumcision of Jesus. And they're bringing Jesus into the temple courts when they encounter this man named Simeon. Now, the writer of the gospel tells us a few things about Simeon. First of all, tells us that he was a Jewish man. Not just a cultural Jew or a nominally Jewish, he was a devout Jewish man. So in all the best senses of the word, he was a very religious, dedicated man to what was going on. Second thing it tells us about Simeon is that he was righteous. This is a man uh, full of honor, full of integrity. That's who this Simeon guy was. And the third thing the gospel tells us about Simeon is that he was carrying a promise. It says that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That God had told him that he would see the consolation or the saving, the restoring of Israel before he died, right? So this guy Simeon, for his whole life, had been believing that before he died, he would see Israel saved. And, and so you can kind of imagine a scene here a little bit. Mary is coming in, Joseph with their newborn baby. And Simeon sees them from across the temple. And he comes over to them. You can imagine his eyes, some, something in his spirit must have been tweaked, right? He must have had a, a check in his spirit. And he takes the newborn baby. That's a brave move to take off a new mom, the eight-day born baby, but okay, he, he did it. He takes Jesus, and you can just imagine his eyes must have just been popping out of his head like, I, I have seen the salvation. I have seen this. And this is a fourth thing about Simeon that we don't want to miss that is really important. In verse 25, it says that he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of the Holy Spirit. Guys, Simeon was a man who had been with God. He had been with God. Do you realize it is possible for two people 
to see the same thing, to experience the same year, the same event, the same circumstance. And for one person who is only seeing in the natural to see one thing, and for another person who has been with God, full of the Holy Spirit, to see something completely different. Simeon had been with God. Simeon was so full of the Spirit that when the fulfillment to the promise was in front of him, he didn't miss it, right? He saw it because he knew God. It's like, this is it. This is the answer to the promise that I've been waiting for my whole life. And, and, and you better believe it probably looked really different than what he might have imagined it to look. I, I don't think when Simeon had heard God tell him, you are going to see the, the Savior of Israel, you're going to see the Messiah of Israel, I don't think he imagined it was going to be this group of nomads who smelt like manure and were covered in dirt, right? Because that's pretty much the reality of where Mary and Joseph were eight days after Jesus' birth. Right? People with, with absolutely no earthly power and, and no earthly privilege, no standing, right? That's not how kings are born. That's not how generals are raised up, right? I imagine when Simeon saw in his mind eye what it's going to be like to see his promise fulfilled, it probably looked really, really different. And yet Simeon didn't miss it. And the reason he didn't miss it is because he had been with God and Simeon understood this, right? You see, Simeon understood the promise is not the goal. God is the goal. God is the goal. Communion with God, oneness with God, knowing God, being with God, that's the goal. The promise is the gift, right? The promise is the gift. Simeon was a man who spent his life knowing God, worshiping God, pursuing God, which meant when the answer to the promise, the fulfillment of what God wanted to do with his life, when it was right there, he didn't miss it because he wasn't just seeking the promise. He was seeking God. He was filled with the Spirit. His eyes were open. Guys, can I just give you one encouragement as we close out the year? Don't search just for the promise. Search for the God of the promise. Search for the God of the promise. Don't just sit waiting for God to answer the things you want. Press into no God. Aside from the promise, aside from the blessing, aside from what it is you're waiting on God for, just, just know, God, you will miss the fulfillment of your promise if you miss the God of your promise. You'll miss it completely. Press in to know God because so often when we have decided how God is going to move, it is so easy to miss when God moves. The goal is to know God. How we carry a promise that God has given us is with the heart of Mary. Right? It's with the eyes of Simeon to see, to take in, to observe 
who God is and what he's doing. We're not seeking a promise. We're seeking the God of the promise. We're seeking union with him. And I think there are many of us and it is really easy to write off the year and say, you know what, 2020 is a wash. And God, I can't even imagine how you were working. <laughs> I can't imagine what you were doing because it did not look anything like I expected it to. Guys, can we just admit that if there's one thing we learned from the Christmas story is that God loves surprises. And there is not a promise God has made that he will not be faithful to fulfill. But let us have the humility to recognize that we don't always know or see the full story of how he's doing that. And that our role, our role as the Marys, our role as the Simeons, right, in waiting and stewarding the promise is, is not to manipulate God and, and not to tell God, well, this is exactly what my life needs to look like and how it's all going to happen, but to wait and to observe and to know the God of your promise. He is faithful. He is faithful. There is not a promise he has made that he will not fulfill. And we pray for the grace. I pray for the humility for myself the patience for myself to say, God, what are you doing? What were you doing in 2020? I don't expect I'm going to understand it all in one moment. But I can guarantee you this, he was doing more than we thought. And he has plans to restore wasted years. We've seen him do it before. I pray that we would go into the next year with the hope this was not a wasted year. There are no wasted years in the kingdom of God. No wasted moments in the economy of God. Let's just pause just for a moment. Let me just ask the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit, we want to have the, the grace and the patience to see what you're doing and to hear what you're saying, even when it doesn't look like we expected it to. God, I do pray. I, I pray for the eyes of Simeon over us tonight. Simeon who didn't miss it, who had been with you, who knew you. God, we don't want to miss it. The little things and the big things, the small moments. God, if, if, if there's a word that we're carrying, if there's a promise that we're carrying, if there's a, a vision that you've put on our hearts, God, we, we, we hold onto that, we treasure that, but we remember the promise is not the treasure. Jesus, you are the treasure. You're the goal. You're the goal. And God, we would lay down every promise just to have you, to know you, and to be known by you. Father, there is no greater promise 
than you. A God who would give himself. Taking on the nature of a servant, being made, being found in human likeness. And became obedient, even unto death. He humbled himself. Father, we celebrate the God of the promise, the faithful God of the promise tonight. We bless you in Jesus' name. God's people said together, amen. Amen. All right, you guys are in for a treat. This is going to be big time. But in all seriousness, I, I do want to take this. Dave, do you want to take this table for me? Thanks, mate. We have, we have an amazing children's ministry here. And um, we have, if you know Kelly Miller, she does an amazing job of leading our Capital Kids ministry. But alongside Kelly, we have incredible volunteers and teams. Before the pandemic, we were starting to have kids worship. And that's something we're really excited about um, entering into again as we're able to. But it's such a gift just to remember and see some of the generations and some of the daughters and sons that God has entrusted to this house. And so I'm going to get out of the way and make some room for the stars of the show. So can we just give it up for our capital kids as they get ready for their parade? Awesome.